what's really cool is uh the night before when you come up with something funny you want to say at the beginning of your stream and you're all set because you know what number episode it is and then when you go to actually set up the stream the next day you realize we're not at that episode yet we're at the episode before it so uh this is what we come up with with the funny thing to say before the stream laugh about that grogu y'all all right here we go <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. That means it is time for the tagline, the show time. where the tagline is the title and the Chris Adams stretches and shows us how awesome his armpits are. Oh, That's, they're a beautiful sight to behold. Yes, they are. They're absolutely gorgeous tonight. Uh, how are y'all doing? <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been back at this. Last week, we did the... Uh, yeah, literally just two. Yeah, we did the virtual sitting in the uh, stream yard setup, which that one was fun. I didn't have to move my computer or anything, but the, uh, the virtual sitting, the, everything we do is virtual. <laughs> I mean, the more virtual, in which case, uh, like, I, I feel like it's pretty much common knowledge now by like everybody on the internet, like all like 7.5 billion people who have access to the internet potentially know that we live in the same apartment and we can physically like be right here looking at one another and we don't have to be on the stream yard. I don't know about that. I'm just staring at a blue curtain right now. Oh, well, yeah, there is blue, a lot of blue curtain edge going on. There's a whole lot of blue on this screen. Um, we've pointed this out before, including my shirt and my emotions. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> What'd you come blue for? <laughs> what is your comedy going to be blue tonight? It's not the only thing that's blue. No, okay. Uh, so it is Tuesday night. We've got a lot, a lot to cover uh, tonight. A lot of news, a lot of fun things. Before we dive into that, Rapid though, fire, let's do it. Just bam, done. Before we do get oh, okay. into that, i like to uh, say what's up to the people that are joining us right at the very top of the show we've got malcolm is in the chat saying hello and his mind is currently blown that we live in the same apartment yeah so that's uh mind blown malcolm so we've got magic mind mcmurray <laughs> mind blown malcolm and mind blown malcolm uh and we got tyler who we need to think of like a, a really fun name for him because he's just awesome and he's just awesome tyler that's it <laughs> that's not a literative liter literative it's not what? alliterative you know you get after me for not being able to say certain words <laughs> i do and i do it far less than you do okay uh so uh gentlemen <laughs> thank y'all for being here at the top of the show gentlemen. it's great having y'all here uh malcolm uh, i want to call out malcolm real quick since he's here uh he posted hey. a thing on uh malcolm if y'all don't know is over in uh speaking of uh magical mind mcmurray there he is <laughs> there he is uh, you say his name and he appears like and you only have to say it once. You only have to say it three times or be looking into a mirror. You just say it and he's there. Yeah. Convenient. Uh, anyways, back to Malcolm. <laughs> I was in the middle of a thought there. Uh, Malcolm put on uh, – Malcolm's in charge of like take three or he's a part of take three. Uh, I don't know. All if of I'm, the above. I don't know if I'm assigning roles to take three productions here. But At this point, you are, yeah. yeah. All of the above. <laughs> Malcolm is a part of take three. And one of the things that they're doing, uh, they do a lot of polls on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. 
So one popped up today saying, uh, which Christmas character is like, uh, Malcolm, feel free to correct me in the chat, but which Christmas character is more iconic? And he had it down between oh, no. John McClane oh, no. and Clarence. Uh. And so there was a, the, the first response was, of course, the, the automatic go-to is uh, John McClane's not a Christmas character. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. And my immediate response was like, well, I mean, in all technicality, if you really want to be uh, anal about it, neither is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, hey, look, we just lost all five of our viewers. Yeah. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is also not a Christmas movie. Technically, by the same rules that we hold Die Hard to not being a Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life would also not be a Christmas movie. The thing is that I believe, and this literally is a rule I'm making up, it's a Wonderful Life is the one exception to the rule that we use to make the argument that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie because I don't give a flying flip if there's not a whole lot of Christmas actually in It's a Wonderful Life. It's a dang Christmas movie. I mean, okay, yeah, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, that is that is classically a Christmas movie. I, don't, I just don't, I don't even care. I don't even want to. I think the difference on that, and this is definitely a subject I want to dive into like more as we go through December. This might be something we bring up periodically on the tagline throughout December here since we're talking about movies, is what makes, it's like in this case, what makes It's a Wonderful Life a Christmas movie and Die Hard not. And uh, since I saw Malcolm posting that uh, today, one of the things I thought of is, well, the meaning behind the movie. Die Hard is just an action movie. That came out in the summer. Yeah. Uh, yep. Now, It's a Wonderful Life did come out in December. It yep. came out on December 20th. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is the meaning behind... It's a Wonderful Life. This is a man that is, he's sad, he's depressed, he doesn't think his life means anything, and he ends up learning something in the end of this movie by the experience that he has with Clarence. So, it, it is more of a joyous, heartfelt, a warm feeling by the end of that. By the end of Die Hard, you're like, huh, Steve Urkel's next door neighbor shot a person. You're like, okay. <laughs> and there's a guy named after socks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, there. I think that's what is really going to tie, especially if you're comparing the two of them. Uh, there definitely seems more of a a Christmassy feel, even though, again, like you were, like you just said, the reason why we defend Die Hard not being a Christmas movie is the same exact reason why someone could say It's a Wonderful Life is not a christmas movie or both movies just so happen to be taking place at christmas or home alone not well, lost in new york lost in new york is a christmas movie lost in new york uh, lost in new york i would say is most definitely a christmas movie everything about the plot of that movie has to deal with christmas home alone i could almost i could almost see an argument made for that not necessarily being a christmas movie the only yeah. thing i feel closely uh connects it there is that the wet bandits are purposely going from house to house in the neighborhood stealing because the presents are under the tree they are plentiful yeah and that's that yeah that's a good that's a good argument uh otherwise i would say like family's just on a you know the plot could exist with, a, with the family on a summer vacation yeah i mean they go to paris so i mean you just have to change the bandits at that point going from house to house just because it's a nice neighborhood not because there's stuff to steal underneath the tree uh yeah which is kind of boring so makes more sense for the christmas reason uh, but yeah, 
the quick rundown as to why we don't necessarily consider Die Hard a Christmas movie is because the plot of that movie could still be the same whether Christmas existed in that movie or not. Yeah, I've worked in offices where we had office parties outside of Christmas. It is completely possible. Why did John McClane fly to see his almost soon-to-be ex-wife then, if that's the case? He just flew because to see her. people can fly to go see <laughs> yeah. people. He just flew to see her. I mean, I've I've flown on weird days for no reason except now, to like go visit someplace. Of course, the argument against all of that is that well, that's all well and good, but it was Christmas in that movie, and Christmas did exist in that movie. Therefore, it's a Christmas movie. So the the argument I always have whenever this yeah. pops up, and again, we want to we don't want to be like doing this all night long doing a live stream, although that might be fun. Uh, some of us here can't sit in these chairs for very long. <laughs> um, He's talking about me. The argument I always have for it whenever the diehard conversation comes up is like, we get a lot of people always arguing as to why it's not a Christmas movie. I've yet to hear anyone in favor of why it is, why it is argue why it is. It's like, it's almost the fact that it's argued, it's argued almost the fact that it is just common sense that it is and that you have to argue why it isn't instead of like, Hey, let's go based off the idea. Just the general idea is it isn't a Christmas movie. Now argue with me why it, why you think it is. Yeah. Which again, that's probably, that's probably a good uh, idea for another live stream. Yeah. There's another tagline when there's like a light movie news day sometime this month, which I'm sure <laughs> which there will be. Not today because we got a lot of movie news. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll if, see what's if, going if, on next week. Actually, you know what? I, here's the thing for that one's for for what I just said specifically. I want to see like people pop up something in the chat. Uh, we'll continue on with the show. We might like pinpoint some of these. Garces, ho see. ho ho! Now I have a machine gun. Yeah, so, that's that's uh, it. That's the only other thing. Yeah, yeah this the the sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, this it's just that the setting is at Christmas time. And that he writes a Christmassy ho 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 on a person's sweater. I mean, ho 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 does mean other things outside of Christmas, I'm just saying. You could like gardening. Just saying. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> no other meanings. Yeah. Um Let me see. The classic I'm trying to figure out what to say next sound. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but is Clarence the iconic character from It's a Wonderful Life, the angel, not the main character? Yeah, because the main character is uh, George Jab- Bailey. Jabba, 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 Jabba. Deba- Gar- Gar- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want a Wookiee. They want a Wanga. They want a Wanga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Garth just like listed out like every movie that supposedly takes place at Christmas, but he just it's not actually a Christmas movie. So Garth made a list of movies that aren't Christmas movies. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> These are a list of movies that aren't actually Christmas movies, <laughs> but just so happen to take place at Christmas. That's great. Uh, I'll debate Wait. with you about Die Hard anytime. It's all right. monkeys, really. All right. Uh, anyways, um, y'all have any questions, comments, anything? Y'all know what to do. Streamlabs.com slash Cinefanatics or the Super Chat if you would like to use it. We prefer the Streamlabs. That would be cool. Also, as long as PayPal gives us our money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the fight right now. <laughs> yeah. PayPal's a lot of fun sometimes. Uh, they're not our pal because <laughs> they're not paying. Uh, also, there is Patreon.com slash Cinefanatics. Hop on there. Um, I'm going to be off for like the next couple of days, so I want to make sure... Probably at some point tomorrow, I want to go through and uh, just look over the Discord that we have set up now. 
and probably get it live. Yeah, there's just a couple of things I want to make sure we're we're kosher and good on before we go live with it. So yeah, um, and then there's a couple other things we're probably gonna do with uh, the Discord as well uh, upon making it live. So uh, that's that's something we want to look at. But yeah, Patreon.com/slash Cinefanatics Discord's about to go live, and once the Discord goes live, we'll start opening up the other tiers as well. So. Uh, hop on that you could hop on the dollar tier wait for the other ones that you want to choose or what are you doing no not those tiers oh yeah not those tiers um personal how you been this past week <laughs> same as every week pinky trying not to fall apart trying, at the neck trying not to get dizzy and fall over yeah um eh, good days and bad days that's that's about it um good days and bad, there's a here we go got it uh yeah good days and bad days cool <laughs> that's awesome um this is not the right position so <laughs> at my work uh they've decided to start playing christmas music yeah. now that thanksgiving's over so i like christmas music they're playing christmas music Except for one song yeah and so here's the thing like i'm trying every every year for christmas i tried this thing of like how long can i go before i have to hear mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you and it's really hard if you work in like a public retail store environment where you have no control over the radio and it could just pop on and play at any given second uh so far i think i've been doing okay (laughs) you're in the middle of helping a customer but then it pops on you go no yeah almost almost, yeah i just spiked it's almost to that point spike the mic so you go like running into like the back room where I can't hear the radio, and he was setting us up for some internet. I don't know what happened there. He just, <laughs> he just screamed and ran off. I don't know why. <laughs> I come back out. I was I was setting you up for the internet, and uh, I needed to go check. I don't know why I sound like George Bailey all of a sudden. I needed to go check. To, uh, no, no, now I'm trying Art. to force it. <laughs> I need to go check to make sure we got our modems in. You gotta, you gotta figure out your, gotta fr- your, yeah. your Jimmy Stewart. Your Jimmy, your Jimmy Stewart. I, uh, I was, I was going down that path, and then once I was like, I knew I was doing it. It went away. I just pushed a little Sean Connery in there. You're Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, been successful at, at avoiding the. Uh, at the Mariah Carey version. Now, here's the thing. I've heard the song multiple times now, but all I've heard are cover versions. I feel like those don't count. I've just heard instrumentals. Yeah, I've heard the instrumental. I've heard cover versions, but I haven't heard the Mariah Carey one yet. So I'm just uh, kind of tired of that song just because I hear it like a thousand times every Christmas season. So, I mean, I grew up like in the 90s listening to popular music, and that song was released like at the height of her career with like fantasy one sweet day always be my baby and then they're like hey christmas album let's do one and she's like okay and then that song never stopped playing yeah so uh anyways that's where i'm at at work otherwise uh, a lot Ooh. of fun ow yeah so that that kind of stuff that's ow. normal around here Ugh. uh other things uh that uh seemingly came out recently uh Let's talk about the Mandalorian for a minute. Oh yeah! Again, we're we're more about the movies and stuff, and we're loosely connecting uh, Mandalorian to Star Wars because Star Wars movies Burn came down. first. Uh, there was a lot that came through on Mandalorian this past week. Grogu. 
I can never tell if you're doing the Rocky theme or. Well, if we're talking about Mandalorian, I'm usually not doing the Rocky theme. Yeah, but it always sounds like the beginning of Going the Distance. <laughs> Coming soon, It's a Wonderful Life remake starring Robert Adams. You know, I actually probably could do. Apparently, they're doing like a live. Okay. Yeah. You're going to get striked for that. We got hit for the Mortal Kombat that I played a couple of weeks ago. Yeah that's good uh so apparently there's like a live stage reading or whatever of it's a wonderful life where pete davidson is going to be reading the george bailey part and i'm like i kind of want to hear this i'm into this yeah um the mandalorian is a christmas star I mean, Wars show. okay they did ahead. mention life day in the first episode yeah um so yeah we got grogu it was named and we got ahsoka i love gogurt Gogurt, yeah. Uh, we got a, a, Ahsoka Tano has finally appeared in live action. Ahsoka Tano. And what's great about this is that Rosario Dawson apparently has been like fan casted as Ahsoka. Even she has been wanting to play Ahsoka herself since like, what, like three years ago, 2017? For a while. And they finally, finally put her in the makeup and the costume and everything she looks relatively similar to the animated adult ahsoka from rebels so it it kind of made sense looks wise so you're more connected with uh the rebels cartoon the clone wars cartoon than mm-hmm. i am i am aware of ahsoka because i started watching the clone wars cartoon yeah but i'm not 100 percent. like i'm still in the i guess i'm still in the stage where like back when it first premiered everybody hated her <laughs> yeah she was calling like Anakin Sky Guy or whatever. Um, also, real quick, guys, I know <laughs> we're we're gonna we're talking about spoilers for Mandalorian. Like, for some reason, you haven't watched it over the last couple of days. Uh, Malcolm exception because I'm pretty sure he said they don't get Disney Plus. Oh, out there, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, we're gonna be talking about spoilers for the Mandalorian. Um, anyway, so. So what, like, what were you like, real brief? What were your thoughts? Because you're probably going to speak more about like Ahsoka Tano than I would. Um, for so for Rosario's uh, portrayal, uh, the the only thing that was really missing for me was the fact that she didn't sound like Ahsoka. And I know, like, if you get if you go online, there's like a million Star Wars people who are like. Oh, quit complaining about that. It's enough. How dare you? And that's kind of what they all uh, they all say. I was trying to put in the this is the way in the middle of that. But. Yeah, okay. Um, and I kind of don't care if that's what they have to say about that because I'm used to Ahsoka sounding a certain way. Mm-hmm. And this, I think this is going to be the problem that you find with any anybody coming from animation to live action. Because the animation style can change on an individual, but as long as they still sound the same, they they feel like the same character still. You translate them to live action, they they all of a sudden sound completely different. There's like there's like an uncanny valley type sort of thing there, where just it's like in the sound, they look just different enough that if they sound different, it feels like a different character. So you have you're battling against that a little bit, and that was there present for me uh, when Ahsoka first popped up. Um, I'll even go as far as to say, like, uh, I was watching, uh, one of Ben Goddard's streams and he was talking about his feelings as well about this and how Ahsoka felt a little cold in this episode as 
compared to how she's felt in the animation animation and whatnot uh and that's relatively true she did feel a little more stoic and cold in this than than she had before not as warm and so that kind of there was kind of a separation there as well but those two things aside she did her portrayal did grow on me throughout the episode until the end when i was like okay that felt like ahsoka now by the end of it Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because I believe Rosario Dawson took her time and like went back, studied Ahsoka's like mannerisms and how she moves and acts and talks and in her personality and everything from the animated shows and was able to get it down and translate it into live action. As far as I'm concerned, she, she nailed the role. Mm-hmm. She acted exactly as Ahsoka would act, uh, Again, outside of like just the slight feeling like she's older, wiser, and so a little bit more colder during the whole like span of the empire and everything. But otherwise, you know, it, it, she she did as well as as someone should expect her to do. Yeah. Uh, the voice thing. First of all, this is probably not the last time we're going to see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. You don't cast someone like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka and not utilize her more than once. Probably going to even get like a spinoff show with her at this point. Yeah, that's the way it's looking so far. So in regards to all that, the whole voice thing is something that with time you just get over. Mm -hmm. This is how Ahsoka sounds now that she's older. Deal with it. Yeah. Sounds good. So that's, uh, there's that. Um, and then Garth, so, oh yeah, okay. So Garth is bringing up, it's 20 years after Rebels too. So who knows what she's gone through in those, in those years. And that's true. Uh, the only thing is that there's some there's something out there right now as to uh, Dave Filoni what Dave Filoni said that there's a final scene in Rebels that takes place after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. in that it might actually still take place after the events of the Mandalorian, so we might still be seeing an Ahsoka before the final scene of the Rebels show right now. Is the Rebels show not over yet? No, it is. Oh. That's we, why I said the final scene of the Rebel show. <laughs> there's there's a final scene. But we've seen... That's already been seen, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Re- Rebels ended, like, a few years ago. Okay. Um, but what it was is that Rebels mostly takes place before A New Hope, and then they time jump for the final scene. Oh, uh, okay. I see after, after Return of the Jedi. And, pe- the and people Fall. didn't necessarily know that? No, they did, because they... Like, they, 20 years later? No. In, in Rebels, when they time jump, you know they time jump. Okay. They talk about how the Empire fell and the Rebel Alliance won the, the battle and everything. Um, Did they bring back Yubnub? No. Okay. Nobody wants Yubnub again. I want Yubnub. Nobody, I love Yubnub. Hashtag Yubnub forever. Nobody wants Yubnub again. Um, anyway, so we might... I'm always hashtagging everything. <laughs> we might be seeing an Ahsoka before that, that final scene, but we don't know yet. Yeah. Especially uh, given uh, what she said at the end of end of this Mandalorian episode where she's looking for Thrawn still. Yeah. And given what happened to Thrawn at the end of Rebels, it's like, okay, where where does that fall in the timeline? So, we'll see. That's what, like, so, I'm, uh, I ha- again, I haven't really watched Clone Wars. I know of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I just haven't watched Clone Wars or Rebels or anything. You knew so. of Thrawn from, like, the Expanded Universe books yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, so I'm, but more recently when I've heard of Thrawn, I'm thinking of the guy that's like the fan of like the movie trivia Schmodown that pops up in all the chats, the Thrawn 2K. Yeah, because his name's actually, he, he actually just goes by Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. so that's who I think of now as him. <laughs> I was actually watching, uh, he was in that 
in the watch along that I was doing with the Let's Get Ready with mm-hmm. with Budor and uh, Justin Hamilton. Yeah, he so was in there too. Y'all go check out Let's Get Ready to talk Schmo down. <laughs> that was fun though, because like when it got to that, where's Thrawn? He he was freaking out. It was great. Oh yeah, I would be. Hey, there I am. They mentioned me. I'm in the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how that works, right? Yeah, you Garden. name yourself after a character, and then they mention the character's name in the show. And- exactly, that's exactly how it works. Oh, okay. um, yeah, like Garth says, Thrawn wasn't canon, and I was bummed. And then he showed up in Rebels, and I cheered. Yeah, because his novels were written out of canon, mm-hmm. essentially, and then he they used him in Rebels. That's cool. Uh, so movies watched. Um, you haven't really watched any movies, not really, this past week. Yeah. Uh, so you've been just busy catching up on a lot of stuff. Uh, uh you've had a project that you were yeah. working on, uh, that you edited. I don't know if you want to mention it, if anyone wants to go check out the video that you edited. Eh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, it's not really that important to do so. Uh, that's cool. If you want to share it, feel As, free to share on I, I social media. Working on a video for a client. Yeah. Uh, but I it, finished it. It's pretty cool. It looks nice. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm proud of your work on it. Uh, if you want to share, uh, social media is a great place, we, but we don't need to mention it. It's hyper-professional. It's like this kid knows how to edit videos or something. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. Who knew? Um, anyways, uh, me, on the other hand, I have watched a couple of movies. I watched that movie Run. Run. With, uh, oh, why is her name escaping me right now? From Ocean's 8 and Sarah Paulson. Yes. Yeah, that movie with her with her, the with the daughter. That's her, name the, her, name her name is Sarah Paulson. Her name is Sarah Paulson. Her name is Sarah Paulson. That's great. Here's the thing, like, so I watched this and I I can get like I understand like there's a lot of good uh, like a lot of good word of mouth about it. It, it. It's it's a pretty decent thriller, I would say, but I think it's very cliched. Like a lot of the stuff in there, I feel like I saw the twist coming. Spoilers, guys. There's a twist. Yeah, here's the thing. You can talk. About, you can talk about a movie having a twist without revealing the twist. The fact that the movie has a mm. twist is not a spoiler in of some, itself. Some people don't like knowing that movies have twists before they see them. Okay. Well, this movie has a twist. Now, don't go in. I would say don't go into this expecting like six sense level twists here. Uh, now, technically, like, I don't want to get ahead of your point here, but I would feel like you're saying don't go into this movie at all. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I get. Like, there's the part of me that really enjoys movies that have seen a lot of these like movie cliche tropes before, so therefore like I'm kind of detached when I see it happen again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, but a good example I will say is that movie Bird Box. That was a movie that also featuring Sarah ge- Paulson. Yeah. That that was a movie that generally a lot of people liked for some weird reason. I don't know what. No, who liked that movie? <laughs> exactly, the movie was trash. That movie had like a lot of cliche oh, stuff in it. Oh, that oh, that movie was garbage. And I think this is where you get into <sighs> the hottest of you, garbage. You, you get into that that area that people are always talking about when flaming dumpster movie, fire. When movie critics are giving their opinion uh, compared to what the general public is, kind of like when you look at Rotten Tomatoes versus the audience score of it. Uh, there's could be where where like the critics rate it really bad but the audience loves the movie yeah so i mean it's something like that typically if you're if you love movies if you're talking about movies like all the time you're a critic whether you're an official critic or you're someone like us that's not an official critic yet and you just like talking about movies over time you're going to start seeing things repeated again and again and you see like 
how how someone could be creative with that movie and what they could or couldn't do with it and why it did or didn't work in a certain way that like say if you're a type of person who you might go see a movie once a month you like movies but you're only seeing a movie maybe once a month or if a friend's like hey we're gonna go see this you want to go you're like "Ah, okay they serve beer at that theater i'll go yeah (laughs) type of thing uh that you're gonna have your way of approaching a movie and being able to judge it or criticize it is different than someone who sees movies regularly so uh i'm not a big fan of run but i mean i i can see the merits it has i can see why general audience from what i've read enjoy that movie uh it's a decent thriller i would say watch it if you have the means but yeah what's it on Oh, what streaming platform is, is that on? I think it's Hulu. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I don't think it's on Amazon. I believe it's Hulu. So, it was all right. Uh, I also, now going back into uh, shaming myself, for the first time, I watched Dirty Dancing. Hey, did that you was, have the time of your life? I hey. did have the time of my life. And you owe it all to yourself for watching Dirty Dancing. Yes, I do. Um, so basically, right, guys, good night. That's it for me. Well, uh, here, let's see if I can top that. Basically, I I saw that it was available for streaming. I wanted to watch it, I so shoulder behind the logo. So I put myself in a corner and I watched this movie. Is that any better? No, not okay. really. Moving on. Uh, I liked it. I like Dirty Dancing. There, there was a part, of and the movie was good too. <laughs> there was a, you know, here's the thing. I'll, I'll I'll give my honest opinion of this movie, and this might not come as a shock to a lot of people. That dancing wasn't as dirty as I was expecting it to be. I was expecting much dirtier, and I was kind of well, let down. Dirty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I was expecting some dirty, dirty dancing. It's no, nobody was wearing the apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur back in the day, so nobody got low, low, low out either. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, well, but, that's roughly the point. <laughs> Garth Roberts' review of the movie "Run Away." <laughs> that's good, pretty much. <laughs> um. Run burner. Robert wanted the Lombada. Lombada. Uh, I mean, almost. Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, I heard of this movie Dirty Dancing, and that like this movie's for adults. I'm like, hey, hey, this sounds like a movie the teen- teenage me is gonna look forward to watching, and I never watched it. And it was probably because like as I grew older, I started realizing what this movie's about. I'm like, this movie's not gonna be about what I think it is. No, not at all. Uh, and then it just like fell off my radar altogether. Now it's one of those like, oh, I run a movie YouTube channel. I need to have seen movies that are like common for people who enjoy movies to watch. Sure. <laughs> so caught up on that. I enjoyed it. I'm having a fun time over here, by the way. I bet. If you notice me moving around, I'm trying to find a comfortable position to be in right now. There's not one in that chair. No, there's not. You need to get a second chair. It's in there. Oh, Okay. Um, so that's it for movies watched. Um, let's see what else do we got going on real quick before we jump into the movie news. Uh, I still have never seen Alien. I have the DVD sitting on my bookshelf now, though. I mean, Malcolm, you need just sit down and commit to it. It's a fun watch. Um, it is kind of a slow burn, I would say. Uh, leading up to. Like the most when they like go out and of course like you know the whole thing with the face hugger and yada yada yada, um, it is kind of a slow burn up to that 
as to when the action really starts with that movie, but it's really good. You haven't seen it either, come to think of it. We need to do a watch-along. Throw me under the bus, why don't you? Well, no, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's okay that you haven't seen it. I just, <laughs> I just admitted to not watching Dirty I like Dancing. admitting those things after I've seen them, though. Oh, okay. Um, You okay? Uh, let's see. Uh, Garth's saying, uh, it's also creepy with her being underage. Stop it. Uh, baby just turned 18 while Johnny is 24. So they're uh, making faces at you, but you can see me doing it because you're looking in the monitor. I know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so that was the, so Garth brings up a point, uh, and this is something I actually questioned while watching the movie, and I had to hop on uh, real quick to IMDb or whatever to look it up. Uh, the There's a difference between uh, it's Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the names. Schmodown. Uh, that there's an eight-year age difference between them. The actual actors? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it did look a little weird in that because it's kind of obvious that Patrick Swayze is a lot older than Baby, than yeah. Jennifer Grey is in that. So, it, it, yeah, it's weird. Just stating it's weird. Uh, Malcolm's saying, Chris, let's do a watch-along together. We could do a watch along, an alien watch along at some point. Tis the season to do an alien watch along. <laughs> Merry Christmas, alien. <laughs> alien. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Malcolm, we'll 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 be in touch to probably discuss that. Possibly. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm not committed to anything right now. <laughs> let's jump into some movie news. Let's get that new movie news graphic. I don't have one yet. I'm working on it. So. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to. You throw me under a bus, I'm throwing you under a bus. You're not working on it at all. Uh, sorry, I have, I've been busy working on a lot of things. Have you been? Okay, you gotta stop. <laughs> but, I'm busting chops. That's <laughs> <laughs> my thing, I'm busting chops. What was that from? Was that from Scrubs? Yeah, there's a janitor. Busting chops. That's my thing. I remember that. If you haven't watched Scrubs, that's a fantastic show. When we're not watching movies, we're, we were watching the Scrubs. Scrubs. reference for the day, yeah. for this week done. Uh, the newly discovered Christmas movie, Alien. I mean, technically that alien did like burst itself from the present, come so to speak. <laughs> Cut to Chris pulling up footage of Robert being lazy. I mean, it's not me being lazy. It's just I need mental breaks throughout the day. For like hour blocks at a time, and he needs about thirty of them. So within and, a twenty-four hour day, he needs about thirty. Oh look, 30, it's time for bed. He needs about a thirty-hour mental break every twenty-four hour time span. Yeah, so there's a lot that's going through here constantly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, moving on to movie news. <laughs> uh, we were treated to a promotional image this week of apparently I, I i guess i didn't know they were doing this i don't know if it's been announced before the the promotional image was released uh they released the image for a live action version of clifford the big red dog they released a whole uh a whole teaser trailer oh they released the trailer too i didn't see even a, see that a whole little teaser showed a bunch of dogs and then it got to oh i did clifford. see that yeah, yeah that's right that like that image it was like 20 seconds long yeah, so Clifford, the big red dog. Uh, the reason, so I saw this image, and my first thought on this, this was... slightly disturbing. 
Yeah, is it looks like here's the thing. It looks like the graphics team for this movie right off the bat. Just in seeing an image, I hadn't seen anything except this image here. Of a my, dog that bathed in ketchup. Well, no, my first thought was that it looks like the graphics team just took a regular dog and through like color correction of like videos or pictures or something they just made a regular like say a golden retriever look red i was like so i mean technically anybody with like even like the basic of skills could do this i mean what's to stop us from having clifford the big blue dog or clifford the big purple dog well we could even go so far and call me crazy on this one clifford the big green dog i mean this is all outside the realm of possibility, I guess. But, I mean, this is what it looked like to me. And this is why he doesn't have time to create a graphic thing. We're moving on to movie news. I'm too busy coloring Clifford. Because he's too busy recoloring Clifford. <laughs> I was actually going to put one together where it was like Clifford that was all like rainbow striped. And I was like, in celebration of the LGBTQ. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, let's do the rainbow Clifford. <laughs> but I, I didn't have time to do that because I was thinking about the movie news graphic <laughs> you gotta save that clifford for june anyway yeah uh so yes garth i didn't change the color of the whites of his eyes or his tongue or his teeth fail no i did that on purpose because i mean let's be honest they didn't change the color of his t oh wait he's red anyways never mind uh i i just thought it was funnier just leaving his tongue it's like his tongue blue or purple or whatever <laughs> so <laughs> that's what i went with Looks like he just had like a blue raspberry lollipop or something, and his tongue is like done. Yeah. Uh, so, again, I didn't know they were making a live action Clifford movie. So, the, I, I didn't grow up with the cartoon. I, I did have, I sort of had the books. I think by the time the books got really popular, I was kind of like outside of the age of them. Um, but I, like, I, I'm still around, I'm still living, breathing human being. I acknowledge the popularity of Clifford. I don't know, do, you didn't have, like, a connection with them either. Uh, no, he existed, and, uh, yeah. Because you, you were between the books and the cartoon. Like, the books got really popular, and then the books kind of died down in popularity. Then you became, and then the cartoon came out. Sure, it's but it's I I didn't really read or watch. I might have read like a Clifford book or something. And yeah, I have no connection to Clifford at all. <laughs> so, uh, the opinion on this: there's a live action movie of Clifford coming. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool to see that, but uh, I mainly just wanted to talk about it for that, like changing the color of Clifford. He's moderate. Joke. He's moderately disturbing looking. Um. Because I think it's actually just like a full-on CGI dog. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna go. What's that that movie with uh, Harrison Ford with the CGI mm -hmm. dog? Yeah, that looks really called the Wild or something like that. Yeah, that that looks so super weird. Uh, I know the Corridor Crew. They did a video about their uh, their special effects on there, and they had like a lot of cool things on that video. But that I feel like that that's probably the coolest thing to come out of that movie, other than the movie itself. Is yeah. Their, their little reacting to video. Yeah, but that was ridiculous because that dog looks so fake. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cool. Clifford movie. Uh, probably won't be doing a review for it on this channel. Yeah, it's the same same guy in the motion capture suit for Clifford. <laughs> uh, which, that was, uh, what's his face? Um, it's not Andy Serkis. No, not Andy Serkis. He's another famous one. Toby Kebbell? No. 
Uh, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but uh, I've seen he's done, I think he did some of the other, like Planet of the Apes or something like that as well. That makes sense. Oh, uh, no. That was, uh, he's the same guy who did uh, in, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. The, the, big, the big one of yeah. Thanos' children. He did, yeah, Cole Obsidian. Cole Obsidian, yeah. Yeah, he did that one. Um, Terry. Yep. Terry. Notary. Notary. Yeah, that's it. Got there, guys. Whew. Was that 15 seconds? Yeah, was that within 15 seconds? Does that count? Is that a five-point question right there? I mean, I don't know. Uh, those of y'all who don't know what we're talking about, which pretty much everyone in the chat right now knows what we're talking about. But, yeah, but yeah that's Schmodown. Movie trivia, Schmodown. Yep. Quiz show. Anyways, yeah. Draft Sims, Max. Yeah, anyways. Uh, moving on. Uh, it was announced uh was was that today or was that yesterday i think it was today actually uh james wan is today that was today yep. is uh he tapped the director of overlord uh julius avery to do another van helsing movie and we haven't had like a full-on official van helsing movie since that hugh jackman one back in 2004 i believe with Kate Beckinsale, pretty much just capitalizing on both Kate Beckinsale and Hugh Jackman at the time, because I think Beckinsale just had uh, Underworld come out. So, Gar uh, said he had to use all three JTEs. Um, so James Wan is doing this, is producing this now. The thing that makes this interesting, first of all, I think uh, after watching Overlord, I think Julius Avery might be able to pull off that kind of an action movie. And James Wan is, I think, the the curious thing in this story. Yeah. Only because of his connection to Lee Wanell. And Lee Wanell has already done uh, The Invisible Man, and apparently he's doing what, what he was doing, like a Wolfman movie, I believe. Yes. So With Ryan Gosling, yeah. So it's almost like we're trying to go back and do the Universal Monsters cinematic universe. The Dark Universe? The Dark Universe, uh, which I feel like they said that they're not, but I, that might be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is not con in this movie <laughs> type of thing. Exactly. Uh, so what I'm wondering is if they are still planning on doing a Dark Universe with these characters, with Lee Whannell and James Wan having control over it and they're just not saying it therefore they're not setting up any kind of an expectation like they did with the mummy with tom cruise yeah and they're not taking a uh, picture for a magazine spread filled with actors who will never actually end up embodying the role and that it's not like that picture sitting on the internet still for some reason for all for all the world to see and uh <clears throat> that's embarrassing um i can't I don't remember this picture. Who else do they have like for this? Uh, Javier Bardem was supposed to be, I believe, Frankenstein's monster. And I think Angelina Jolie was going to be the bride of Frankenstein. And Johnny Depp was going to be... Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man, I believe. Mm. Initially. So, yeah. Plus Tom Cruise and Sofia Batella and uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, interesting. So... Uh, that that's kind of weird that like i mean obviously the the dark universe based off of the mummy with tom cruise <laughs> fell flat the dark <laughs> universe is an example of a joke that we always return back to when uh we need a good laugh and realize that hollywood doesn't always come up with the best ideas no 
But I like the idea of them trying again. But again, go the route of we don't necessarily need to talk about this that we that we're actually creating this dark universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're just keeping this like close to the vest this time. And therefore, we're not like setting up any of those expectations. And that's smart. You don't. I mean, we've talked about that before. You just don't. You, you don't. You don't put all your your eggs in the chicken before it hatches. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Avery, I think, is a good choice for this, just because after watching Overlord, uh, definitely feel like he's got that ability to tackle those action elements for mm-hmm. it. I'm wondering if they are going to go down the route of like say like the 2004 Van Helsing is he was going after Dracula, the Wolfman. He was going after all these like universal monster characters all at once. Or if this uh this particular Van Helsing may just be just going after Dracula. I don't know. I'm I don't know if I'm really interested in this cuz I don't I I want my Van Helsing to be like chasing down these monsters screaming stop for prisoner 24601. <laughs> God. Anyways. Uh so kind of curious as to to how that might go but uh it, for the most part i don't think james wan can really do too bad there's a couple of his movies that like mm, i think he he had a hand on uh which one was it was a he did cur uh, yeah curse of la llorona la llorona la llorona uh he was at i, I couldn't remember if it was that or pet cemetery the pet cemetery remake james wan mm-hmm because he was at the premiere of one of those. I remember seeing him on stage. Well, La Llorona is part of the Conjuring universe, right? Yes. Yeah. I w- that's the one I feel <laughs> like he was probably attached to, if I remember correctly, just because he started the Conjuring movies. Yes. So. Did brilliant deduction. We, we reasoned it down, and we got there. The Curse of La La Land. I mean, yeah. City of stars. Look how they Again. kill and slaughter for you. Anyways. The Curse of La La Land is uh, getting the Best Picture Award and then having it taken <laughs> from you seconds later. Yeah. Given to Moonlight. Uh, Moonlight was deserving. <laughs> the Curse of La La Land. <laughs> if that ever happens again, that's what people will say. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also announced today, <laughs> while we're talking about news that's brand new, uh, this one will be really short because I know only one of us is probably going to have something to add to this. Uh, Clive Barker is getting the rights to Hellraiser back. Ooh. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Clive Barker, uh, I guess he just hasn't had like the film rights to it, even though he is the one who originally wrote the the story of I believe it's the Hellbound Heart uh, that was translated into the Hellraiser movie. Uh, so he hasn't had the rights over these films for a while. He uh, sued in court over it, and he's getting those rights back uh, domestically. I believe it's uh, December of next year. He'll have the rights fully reverted back to him. Nice. So that's cool. Uh, we might have Clive Barker back at the helm of doing an actual light Hellraiser movie. I know he's working on a TV series right now that is based off the ideas of Hellraiser, but I'm almost certain you're not going to watch that. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, someone quick, pump out another Hellraiser movie before he gets the rights to it back again. Yeah. Well, I don't – no, it, it's not working that way. No, I know. It's not like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, like, the Netflix shows, which Marvel now has possession of Daredevil back from Netflix. Hey, thanks for the uh, the segue there. Uh, so Marvel got De- Daredevil back, which I'm kind of curious if they might potentially use Daredevil in the Spider-Man movie. Like a, 
I know I'm, I'm like yawning a lot on stream. It's just to pop my ears. I'm not actually like yawning because I'm tired. Yeah. I don't want to like be like rude on stream or anything, but <laughs> I'm not entertaining enough for him. I got some uh, inner ear pressure happening there. That's not popping. So, so anyway. with, with Marvel having Daredevil back, what would you want to see? Uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio back in the MCU somewhere. But like probably in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, w- would you want them added to like the Spider-Man movie and how they could potentially be used in there? Uh, yeah, because Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin with say like Michael Keaton's Vulture and whoever else and everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I guess a pot- potential potentially uh, Alfred Molina re- returning as Doc Ock again. That's a thing too out That's there. Weird. It's it's been rumored, so that's that's another potential thing. Like all of that sounds cool, and I'll take all of it. But, um, yeah, I just want to see. I would love to see. I just want to see his kingpin back again, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Cox did a pretty good job as Daredevil, so I wouldn't mind him reprising that role. I'm almost wondering if it could go the route of. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, there was a two-part episode where. Uh, Peter Parker got a job working for Richard Fist, the Kingpin's son. Yeah. And essentially, he got set up to take the fall for something that he actually didn't do. Goes surprising because he's a superhero. And so he is like in court and everything, and he's being represented by Matt Murdock. Yeah. I guess is like his public defender type of thing. And that's what people have been talking about and, and thinking about is that the situation that Spider Man is in right now, given what happened at the end of Far From Home. You could bring in Matt Murdock. You could bring in Daredevil as his essentially his lawyer, mm-hmm. which is an interesting take, an interesting idea. Uh, I mean, I like that. I like the episode of the cartoon that did that. So yeah, I would like to see if the movies could potentially do that as well. But yeah, no, I just want honestly, I just want Vincent D'Onofrio back in the MCU as Kingpin because his Kingpin is like literally one of the best villains that the Marvel universe on screen universe has had. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, something we haven't seen for a while. Uh, the next thing I kind of want to talk about. Uh, we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There was that whole uh thing involving Johnny Depp yeah. and Amber Heard. Uh, based on like the newspaper article in uh the UK, and because of that, he basically he was let go and he agreed to step down from playing Grindelwald in the other Fantastic Beast movie. And then it was rumored that Mads Mikkelsen may be playing him. Mads Mikkelsen is going to be playing him now. So now we're going to have Mads Mikkelsen taking over uh, the character of Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beast movie. We were talking about how good of a casting this might be. And I chose this specific picture uh, just because if you look like if you see the shape of their faces, I mean, other than like maybe a difference in how the mouth looks, they look very similar. They are very close looking. I think uh, Mickelson's head might be a little bit wider, but otherwise, if you put him in the same makeup and like contact and stuff that Depp has here, you might be able to pass this off as exactly the same without him really changing like any shape or form or saying it's a completely different person now. Maybe. Uh, especially if you like, I don't know how the uh, Fantastic Beast stories go, but if you do it like maybe a few years later or something and make him look just a little bit older or something like that, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but you know that might be that might be the situation you go to too. Either way, Mads Mikkelsen's always a good cast, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much no matter what. I don't think like everything I've seen him in, I don't think I've been disappointed by his acting at all ever. 
Now, the only thing I'm disappointed in is that he was very uh, underused in Doctor Strange. His, yeah. his villain felt like a throwaway villain, and whereas I would rather see him portraying like a human version of Dormammu himself. That's the thing. Like, I agree with that. Go based off of... Uh, yeah, okay. So let me touch upon that before I get to my idea real quick then. Uh, when I've heard that Mads Mikkelsen had been casted as the villain in Doctor Strange, my first thought was Dormammu, and I'm like... Oh, he would be a perfect Dormammu. He looks like he could play Dormammu. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, if they're going to make Dormammu look more like a human instead of a pumpkin head. Yeah. Uh, like, fantastic casting. I'm on board for this. And then they're saying he's playing Caecilius instead. And I was like, who? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing I liked about him, though, uh, was kind of like what you were saying. Like, they really didn't flesh out Caecilius that much. I felt like, yeah, he was definitely a throwaway villain. He's just a guy that's trying to get this book page to release Dormammu, and that's all we get of his character. The main villain of Doctor Strange was a minion. Yeah, like, there was no real characterization to him except for one thing. One thing he did, one group of lines he had was that whole, like, who are you? He's like, uh, I'm strange. He's like, okay, yeah. you're. I bet you are, or whatever. Like, no, uh, Mr. Strange or Dr. Strange. He's like, okay, Mr. Doctor, whatever the line is. I'm not quoting it anywhere close to what was actually in the movie. But that was a good bout of he's a serious, like, evil sorcerer wizard guy. And here he is, like, just saying these weird off-the-wall lines. Yeah. And I thought that was fantastic character work for him. No, it's Mr. Doctor. No, just Doctor. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge you if you're just a doctor. Yeah, it's just strange. Well, perhaps. Well, perhaps. Who am I? Who am I to judge? Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I kind of like the idea just because Mads Mikkelsen has that ability to play those same kind of like off the wall characters that Johnny Depp is really known for. I mean, if you think about it, like take it out of the uh, Fantastic Beasts. Imagine Mads Mikkelsen playing uh, Jack Sparrow. I mean, I, I can't see it quite as well as Johnny Depp did, but no. I could kind of, I, I mean, I could see it in there. Uh, no, just because, like, Johnny Depp, or not Johnny Depp, uh, Jack Sparrow is kind of like a more cartoonish character, mm-hmm. and uh, Mads Mikkelsen's typically a more stoic, more serious type uh, person. Type that's what, that's so. kind of what I want to see from him, though. I do want to see him take on, like, a more cartoonic type role. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I have, again, no real thoughts other than, hey, you know what? I think just the casting of Mads Mikkelsen kind of helps elevate uh, Fantastic Beasts a little bit more just because from what I've heard, this last one was kind of a yeah, stank bomb. Yeah. Again, I haven't really watched the Fantastic Beasts movies because I just have no attachment or care whatsoever. I barely care about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So let alone the ancillary series of movies and books and what have you. So, um. It sounds fine to me. Like I'm, I'm, again, like we said, Mads Mikkelsen's a uh, very, very great actor. So, I think he might actually help improve that series and take that series, you know, where it needs to, where it needs to go. But other than that, you know, we'll see. Yeah, if I ever watch them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we're gonna kind of drop off from like the the major exciting movie news for a moment here. Mm-hmm. Um. Once again, we did have a a passing this week that I felt was pretty pretty close to us, and that we lost uh, 
we lost actor David Prowse, who was known for the physical portrayal of Darth Vader. So, of course, like you know, you have James Earl Jones did the voice. David Prowse was the one in the costume. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 85 years old. I believe they announced I, – I can't remember if this was official, but I believe they said today uh, that he passed from complications with uh, COVID. Yeah. So, um, big – like the – sucks. Yeah. He was he 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 was a huge like he was a bodybuilder, um. So that's why he fit that physical portrayal of Darth Vader he had so well. An intimidating stature about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was funny is when I first saw, uh, Clockwork Orange, he has a bit role in that as well, and that was I think the first time I ever saw him outside of Darth Vader. I had no idea that was like the first time I watched Clockwork Orange. I had no idea that was him. Yeah. And then I went back and saw it again. I was like, man, that dude is huge. Uh, at one point, so he's a, he, in the movie, he's a caretaker for, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but he's a caretaker for a man who's in a wheelchair. And at one point, he's actually picking this guy up with the wheelchair and just moving him to another room type of scenario. <laughs> uh, like, so this, this guy is huge. He's got a huge presence. Uh, like, I could just only imagine uh, what it was like working with him. Yeah on the set of star wars well that's the funny thing too is because whenever we we think about darth vader we think about the voice we think about like Mm -hmm. hayden christensen's anakin we think about i don't know why we think of that one but okay (laughs) we think about uh honestly we even more quickly go to sebastian shaw as the unmasked darth vader Mm -hmm. but it was david prouse that mark hamill and harrison ford and uh Carrie Fisher and all of them worked with on a day-to-day basis when making those movies. It was David Prowse who was Darth Vader yeah. to them. That he's the actor that they worked with, bounced off of, and everything. So when we all think about the character of Darth Vader, we're th- we're thinking his voice. We're thinking these you know, these other appearances by him. But <clears throat> Darth Vader wouldn't be who he was. He wouldn't be that big, intimidating villain uh, that has such an iconic presence if it wasn't for david prouse and and just his acting ability and how he carried that character just in physical body movements i mean you go back you go back to like special features you'd hear david prouse's voice you can hear you know them utilize his voice for onset lines and everything and not necessarily the most intimidating sounding individual no. especially in those deleted scenes and it makes sense why they went with say like james earl jones but what he lacked in that voice he had down in the movement the the mannerisms of how darth vader carries himself and all that and it's just it's huge so like people might not think oh david prouse i don't i don't really who is david but he is somebody that is of legend status just because darth vader is literally like the most iconic villain pretty much of all time so, like, you get someone, like, both of us come from, like, a theater background, like, in grade school. Yeah. We both we both were in theater. So, like, when you look at something of, like, blocking a scene, the way the, the actor moves on the set or stage, the presence that you have in that is kind of what helps with the movements. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you watch him, like, just at the beginning of A New Hope, uh, when uh, when the Imperial, like the Stormtroopers and himself, they they invade the ship and they're pressing uh, Princess Leia for the Death Star p- 
plans that they yeah. know she has. The way he moves, his swagger, I would say, walking up and down, interacting with them. You see when he turns, he makes full full on jerk moves that is purposely causing his cape to like flow around him mm -hmm. as if to like embody the grab the whole room and bring all the attention to him. Mm -hmm. He was a big enough of a presence to be able to do that. And also Darth Vader had to move like semi robotically too. Yeah. Yeah, and and that and that's great to be able to do that. The the thing that I look back on is when you look at a, like any kind of a list of the the top movie villains of all time. Darth Vader is always like I would say Darth Vader is easily always in the top five. I typically see like and he's almost he's almost pretty close to number one every time. Yeah, too. I usually see Darth Vader's up there with like Hannibal, uh, some version of the Joker, not the Jared Leto one, but Bruce, <laughs> uh, Bruce, yeah, the shark from Jaws, uh, Reagan from Exorcist. I yeah. see all of these like in the tops of those of those rankings, and it, uh, Darth Vader is because of the physical presence. You could have James Earl Jones' voice all you want, but if you got like some small scrawny guy that's trying to move around with that helmet and James Earl Jones's Mufasa-like voice coming out of that helmet, it ain't gonna work. <laughs> You're not intimidated by Jack. <laughs> he even goes far though as to say like, "Hey, we bring up Hayden Christensen again." At the end of Revenge of the Sith, it was Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader costume. Like he physically put it on at the end of at the end of that movie. Yes. And so I think you even see that, like, I think he had, he ended up channeling David Prowse a little bit just because that's how you feel when you put that costume on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that, see, that was a good idea just because they got that Hayden Christensen is now in this suit. Like they put him on stilts and everything. Cause of course, like, uh, David Prowse is like, I think he's like six foot five, six, six foot seven, something yeah. like that. He's a t very tall, tall man. He was a tall guy. So they put Hayden, Hayden Christensen on stilts in the Darth Vader costume yeah. and then had him take those like first couple of steps before he's like, no. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, doing the the hands crossing. Yeah. Next to the emperor. Uh, well, next, was it emperor or was it Tarkin? Tarkin? Tarkin was in that scene. He just walked off. Yeah. Uh, so you got you have that physical presence and i think first and foremost that's probably what i'm going to remember david prowse from yeah um but yeah uh if y'all haven't seen clockwork orange first of all i highly recommend clockwork orange one of my favorite movies it's a brutal watch uh it does deal with a lot of stuff that like i, I don't really want to get into on this channel um, but it is a it, it's a beautifully shot movie. I feel like it's one of out of all the movies from Kubrick that I've ever watched. I feel like it's one of the best Kubrick movies. Mm. Um, and I was a teenager when I saw Eyes Wide Shut, <laughs> so you can. I'm a teenager. I'm like, <laughs> this is a great movie. Well, no, uh, Clockwork Orange is a fantastic <laughs> movie. Fantastic story. Uh, the the movie is based off of the book, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, so I mean that's that's another big loss in the Star Wars universe. There's uh, you know, we're looking at we're 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 losing our uh, our OGs out there. You know, we've already lost uh, Carrie Fisher, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know, Kenny Baker who played R two D two. We lost Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, uh, and you know, now David Prowse. You know, uh, solid villain. Uh, that that uh, a picture I believe Christian Harloff shared it on on Twitter had a. Uh, all of them with Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill, like way back in the day, they took a picture and uh, 
you know, Kenny Baker, the four of them are, are force ghosts while Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill obviously are still, are still around. So I was like, Oh man, let's not continue editing this picture. Cause yeah. this is going to break my heart when, uh, eventually Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill pass. Like this is going to, it's going to hurt. They need to go the way of Yoda where they're like, when 900 years old, you are look as good. You do. <laughs> right. Like I want to pass before they do. I just, they just need to live forever. Sleep. <laughs> eternal sleep. Eternal sleep. Forever sleep. Not Forever sleep. sleep. Yeah. Um, if you're going to quote Star Wars after talking about the greatness of David Prowse, make sure you quote Star Wars properly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, anyway. uh, so overall, rest in peace, David Prowse. Uh, yeah. Fantastic job, sir. Good job. I don't know, like he's watching our YouTube channel. I know. <laughs> God, you're awkward. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Uh, social strength is not one of my strengths. <laughs> Neither are words. Neither are words. <laughs> uh, Jake Alcavetta. Why would you even bring up Hamill and Four Pets? Because they're not going to, Jake. They're going to be fine. They're going to live forever. So, But, I mean, brace yourself anyway. <laughs> Someday. Uh, so, moving on. Uh, this is another subject that I feel like I need to create the graphic for because it's like every week we touch upon... There's two things that are always happening. It's either movies are getting pushed back or they're going to streaming. Look, by the time you make this graphic, we won't need it anymore. I doubt that. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so today we're not <laughs> social strength is not my strength. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> thanks, thanks, Jake. I'm glad we gave you that wrench. Um. So, <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to point out is this Friday, December fourth, uh, Disney Plus will release Mulan from the Premier Access. So if you're one of those that wanted to see Mulan, even though it got uh, reviews, you'll be able to see it without paying the $30 price tag this Friday. So enjoy. For those of you who didn't know that was happening and you spent the $30 and now you're like, ah, oh, I wish I didn't spend the $30. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here's the thing, like, uh, again, we, we've talked about Mulan before. We did, like, the whole review for it, whatnot. It's a gorgeous-looking movie. I think it was beautifully shot. Cinematography, fantastic. The cinematography is great. And there's definitely scenes in that movie. Just in the opening of that movie, you're like, okay, I understand why this needed to – this should have been seen on a movie theater screen instead of, like, my computer. <laughs> but, actually, we watched it on your computer, I believe. Either way, same size as my computer. No, uh, Not nitpicking here. But the reason why you would want to watch it in a movie theater instead of a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I, it, it, it was a gorgeous-looking movie. It's just a lot of the changes and stuff they did to it was a little weird. But Yeah, and we, we've talked about it before. I feel like we're beating a dead Mushu yeah. with this. Wow. <laughs> dead because Mushu wasn't in the live-action version. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Technically. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Uh, a lot of these Disney live-action remakes just lose some of the heart that they had when they were animated. So it's kind of the same thing that Mulan had. But regardless, uh, you're going to be able to see it, I say for free, you're going to be able to see it with your regular Disney Plus subscription uh, this Friday anyway. And if you still haven't seen it, go ahead and give it a check out. You're not going to have to pay an extra $30 for it, so you might as well. I mean, you're going to get the Disney Plus subscription because you got to catch up on The Mandalorian that everybody's talking about. Come for The Mandalorian, stay for other things, and then also watch Mulan. <laughs> 
You should be a spokesperson. <laughs> you should like go work in the adver- advertisement agency with that. Right. I would get two dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what Garth is saying. I had high hopes that I think a Look, lot of people had that. We had going into that watching the uh, the trailer for it. You're like, okay, this has the potential to be that one live action Disney movie that just blows everyone away. We were saying that Lion King was going to be amazing when we were watching the trailers for that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we were. Oh yeah. Other than like the whole thing that they don't emote at all, um, yeah. it's otherwise the same exact movie. What's funny is Minus the heart. What's funny is like was it two years or so before Lion King came out? They premiered. They premiered just the opening, the Circle of Life, at I believe it was like either a D twenty three or a Comic Con. Probably a D twenty three would make sense. Um, and everyone was just blown away by the live action version of circle of life and i have been sitting on that for like two years i was like i want to see this so bad and it was absolutely gorgeous so like i i got the same kind of chills when i like i still get chills when watching the beginning of lion king just because of how like awe-inspiring that opening bit is the music is fantastic the music's fantastic you got like that shot of zazu flying up to pride rock uh they got the proper amount of like the bokeh the blur behind it i'm trying to sound smart here by mentioning boca uh they got the proper amount of blur as zazu's flying into the rock type of thing it just it looks great and then for that the end of the song that punch to the lion king logo that's like movie perfection right there so except now all the problem is is that all i think about right now for lion king is what we just watched the other night with that uh if, uh, so we mentioned Corridor Crew a little while ago. Uh, they did a video a couple of days ago with like reacting to animation, and they reacted to this uh, Lion King. The I, I forgot what it was. The the remake boot. The remake boot. That's what it was called. Uh, this was so some YouTuber uh, created this like badly animated, and it's badly animated on purpose, and it's so good. It's so funny. It's it's absolutely hilarious. I was laughing the whole time. Uh, you, so look that up uh, when you're done watching us tonight. Like I look up the remake boot, Lion King the remake boot. It's like 24 minutes long and it is so good, absolutely so hilarious. Um, the the opening bit with like the circle of life was good, and then of course the Mufasa death scene was great. Uh, Garth apparently is familiar with it. The Frozen one was good too, where uh, she was singing "Let It Go." <laughs> She's like, "Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go." Let's, let's see if this works. There you go. So I dropped the I dropped the link in the chat. So go ahead and open that on another tab and just save it for when you're done with us. Yeah, and then just give that. It's about 24 minutes, but it's 24 minutes that's worth it because like you're sitting through that and it's it's basically the whole entire movie and it's hilarious. Yeah, and the anime <clears throat> the animation is supposed to be that bad, but it, it just works so well. Well, it's like I told you. I feel like in that situation they were like, I want to I want to see if I can if I can recreate Lion King. I want to do a good job. And when they realized the animation program they had was severely limited, they're like, Well, let's just lean into this trash and see how we see what we can create with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was really good. I see three watching now on my YouTube video, which means you guys clicked over to the link instead of staying with us. Wow. <laughs> Come back. I don't know if you can hear me from that other video, but um, 
jerks. Great. You bunch of jerks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you anyways. Um, we figured you're going to come back and watch the rest of this later. So, uh, yeah, Cars is still here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving on to more streaming news. Uh, Ooh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. No! I got a graphic for that. No! Look, look how awesome this picture is. Look at like, can you imagine what's going to happen when that fist that King Kong is making connects with Godzilla's tiny, tiny little head? I feel, like, I feel like we saw this image before, and I probably made mention of this. They either shrunk Godzilla or grew King Kong a whole lot. Well, yeah. And I'm opting with both here because there's no way Godzilla is that small on top of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, if if you look at the original movies when they came out, and I know I'm leaving, the, I'm gonna leave this image up for a little bit longer here while we're talking about this, but in the original movies, Godzilla was like the size of like a city type of thing. He could walk through and look at the top of skyscrapers fairly easily. King King Kong was climbing skyscrapers. He climbed to the top of the Empire State Building yeah. with Fay Ray. They're not size proportional at all. That tells me that that Godzilla should be able to hold King Kong in his arms like a baby essentially but you have like when kong skull island came out they they, did make they him bigger yeah they made him huge okay we're back uh they did make kong like super big what did he say godzilla was swimming through arctic waters he had shrinkage ah that's great <laughs> so they made kong bigger and godzilla smaller to kind of help like compensate on that uh here's the thing like I'm not a big fan of the Godzilla movies that they've released so far. I like the first. I like the 2014 one. Uh, Kings of Monsters or King of the Monsters was kind of. Oh. Yeah. Both both of them, I feel like ha- they've built up this huge thing, and like every time I'm like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." The first movie, the 2014 one, barely had any Godzilla in it. There were actually more. There was more of a focus on the uh, what was the, other, was the is it Mudos? Yeah, the Mudos. There was more of a focus on them than there was on actual Godzilla. And then the King of Monsters, it was more about the humans than it was the King of the Monsters, or any of the monsters, so to speak. It was yeah. like we were watching the humans track uh, King Ghidorah I wasn't, the whole time. I wasn't a huge fan of like the human stuff in, in the sequel, and I think that's what really kind of brought it down. Yeah. Uh, this one, though, like, here's the thing. The human stuff could really suck in this next movie, but I'm totally into just watching Godzilla and King Kong beat the crap out of each other on the big I screen. I mean, I am down for some full-on monkey-on-lizard action here. I mean... That's one way of putting it. Um, the problem is... He's is not that, a monkey, he's an ape. Yeah, the problem is is that we're talking about two gigantic characters. Again, skyscraper-sized people. People? Size, skyscraper-sized creatures here. Um... They deserve to be seen on the biggest possible screen first. Yeah. But that's the point of that movie. Yeah, that's that is that is pure and simple. This is the type of movie you go to a theater to see because this is the type of movie that is seen in a theater. Done. I would al- I would almost say like that's the, like I'm not a big fan of like IMAX screens. Like the full, not Limax, but the full IMAX. Yeah, you got to sit far back, though. Yeah, because I, I'm not a huge fan just because I think the screen's <laughs> a little too big. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need the screen to be that big. Yeah. Uh, but that's the type of movie I would probably advocate, be an advocate for seeing in IMAX. Yeah. Just because you want Godzilla and King Kong to be as big as you could possibly see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's just to fully immerse yourself in the effect that 
that they're just huge creatures. Yeah. The problem is, is that we're looking at what HBO Max for these guys now, and look. Well, possibly, possibly HBO Max. Is it is it still like being shopped around? No, there's a fight with it. So Legendary Pictures is the one that that is producing it, but Warner Brothers has the distribution, distribution. on it. So Warner Brothers is trying to push for it uh, to go exclusively, and Legendary is trying to stop it from being released. Uh, and there's a lot more details on that that I'm not like fully touching upon. When I read it, I've, I it, it just felt like a really bad custody battle, yeah. in all honesty. Um, but it's like one wants the theater only, and one wants to do like the theater <clears throat> and stream at the same time, like Wonder Woman set up. And I, here's the thing: like, given the way the world is right now, like. I, I understand some people's like opinions that say like the the way Wonder Woman's going is not the best. Some places you don't have the option of going to a theater. You you know like say in like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you don't really have the option of going to a theater. You, if you're gonna watch Wonder Woman when it comes out, you're gonna watch it on HBO Max. Uh, it sounds like that if they go the same way as Wonder Woman, it's gonna be the same thing with Godzilla versus King Kong. If you want to see it and you're in one of those cities where theaters just still aren't open your only option is going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. However, that this almost feels like the way that most of these movies have to have to start being released now because uh the situation is not lightening up anytime soon. I like I know we're there's talks of we're going to get a vaccine before the end of the year. And you know, I feel like this is the same kind of broken record we talk about every single time we're talking about this stuff, but <laughs> vaccine before the end of the year and you know maybe full-on public distribution hopefully by next summer kind of a thing Mm -hmm. you know obviously it's going to go to you know the medical personnel first and all that whatnot but uh full-on public distribution hopefully by summer Mm -hmm. in which case give it another month two months and the public can start emerging from their homes like normal again maybe people will still be wearing masks and all that for a while but we'll see um, theaters opening doesn't look like it's going to be a full-on thing where it's all theaters are wide open, ready to take people in again, and they're going to get all the first-run movies. They're not going to go streaming. That's probably not going to happen until at best like September next year. Yeah, and that's that's going to be hard just because now we're now we're starting to get into that. Not only do we still need to catch up on the 2020 movies, but yeah. 2021 movies are going to be starting to be slated to now, come out. The thing, the luckily, the thing is, is that a lot of productions are starting to kick back up with their safety measures in place. In which mm-hmm. case, if if that's true, then 2020 should be the only year where we have a, a large gap missing in movies. 2021, we should still be getting a bunch of movies coming out, and then that should carry through into 2022 as these productions that that are working right now, their movies start coming out. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we won't have another gap in movies coming up. But, uh. It's it still remains to be seen though that you know until all theaters are open everywhere and everything's safe again for the public to at large go back to movie theaters again, this feels like the release strategy that's going to have to happen for most of these studios. Put it out on a streaming service or a video on demand, and at the same time release it into theater for a certain period of time. 
And then some of these movies might even have to do a, on the back end, once it's safe again, let's re-release these movies so that you have a chance to go see them in the theater if you want. Like we originally wanted. Like, say, if Wonder Woman was coming just to HBO Max, maybe, you know, say, latter half of next year, it's safe to go to a theater again. They put it out in, say, December, provided there's room, for, like, a month run or so. That way... If you wanted to still get the theatrical experience with that movie, you have that option once it's safe again. Yeah. Uh, So shortly before we went live tonight, there was another one that was actually announced. Uh, No! Yeah. Stop it! Which, this one's weird because this one was not actually... This is... uh, Someone, again, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like this is the first one that was slated for release in 2021. Yeah. That they're just like, screw it, let's just go straight to streaming. Fast and Furious. Mortal Kombat. So, the live-action Mortal Kombat, I, uh, initially it sounded like that they were focused on releasing next month in January. That's crazy. Like, they wanted to capitalize, like, typically January is where you throw a movie that you feel like is not going to perform very well. Yeah. You just throw it out there. Hopefully, like some some movie going public dollars go at it, and you get it. So the yeah. idea behind it was they were going to throw Mortal Kombat out there that like everyone else is expecting just complete crap during the month of January. Here comes a really good movie blockbuster. Let's all go see it. Uh, kind of in the same vein as how like the summer blockbuster season originally was like in the started in the end of may now thanks to primarily the mcu it's backed up to like the beginning of april <laughs> is when like the summer blockbuster Heck, season Panther came out in february well i mean yeah, but I, that one definitely was not a part of the summer blockbuster season but i mean good point into as far as like mortal Kombat. february january and february are not big primary months that you see big huge massive blockbusters mm-hmm. get released Black Panther was an exception, and it capitalized on that, and that might be part of the same idea behind releasing Mortal Kombat in January. Yeah. I mean, along the same lines, you you're now looking at uh, you're you're looking at November and December. You saw the releases of like Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok, and uh, I think Thor Ragnarok, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Star Wars movies and all of that. So there's there's now starting to be a winter blockbuster season as well well so some of that like if you think back to like the 90s uh like if you remember uh titanic came out in december of 1997 and it rode it rode that high of of being number one in the box office because there was no competition at the end of december january february march like and April at that time. James Cameron knew that, which is why he also released Avatar in December in 2009, and it rode through into January. And it January rode that same kind of wave, yeah. So uh, you can't do that now. Primarily thanks to James Cameron, everyone is hip to the idea that, like, yeah, well. <laughs> which is why it's remarkable that Endgame passed Avatar in, yeah. the, in the summer movie season. In, so the thing is, is, Endgame was one of those, I feel like you could have released that, like, they could have released Endgame during the pandemic and it probably still would have beaten... Oh, probably not, but... Don't know about that one. <laughs> but, I mean, Endgame was a massively huge... That was one of those movies I feel like that, like, right as it was mentioned, you're like, that one. That one's one of those ones that has the potential of beating Avatar. Yeah. Like, that and Force Awakens, I feel like, were the ones that, like, before they got released, I was like, okay, these, just in name alone, look like they could, they could knock out Avatar. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, good on uh, Endgame. <laughs> but I mean, Malcolm here in the chat's kind of got my thoughts on this one specifically. Now, granted, Mortal Kombat's not going to be my movie. <clears throat> Again, like people who know me know, I'm not into like the gory violence. And, and this one's going to be rated R. And, and this not one's going to be rated. Yeah, this one's not going to be like the old Mortal Kombat movie. This one's actually going to be gory violence, Which like the I, actual games are. I still attest that the 1995 Mortal Kombat, probably one of the best video game movies ever made. Which is not saying much. That's, no, I still, th- I actually think Sonic and Detective Pikachu pass it up. But, uh, they do, which is crazy to the, say. They, they absolutely do. But, uh, but yeah, he said it's a video game movie, so I can live without seeing Mortal Kombat in a the theater. And honestly, that's kind of the case. That's one of those ones that I probably would say probably doesn't need to be seen seen in a theater, especially because again, it's a movie based on a video game. Uh, the only reason I argue against that is this could be one of those ones. Like, here's the thing. Like, talking about this particular certain type of movie isn't one that you see in the theaters because the previous ones haven't been good. I would argue, like, say, during the 90s, you could pretty much say any movie based off a comic book is not going to be good. Like, you just cannot do a good comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Fantastic Four, you well, got yeah. the couple of Batmans. Spawn. Uh, I mean, I, I could see argued for, like, The Crow and even Blade. Uh, both of which were fantastic movies that were based off of comic books. The problem is people, no one knew that. <laughs> Nobody knew yeah. that The Crow and Blade so, were comic book movies. The situation is you have bad video game movies until you finally have the good one. Yeah, and which, then once you get the good one, the floodgates open. Which, again, I still argue that Detective Pikachu and Sonic were actually good comic, good comic book, good uh, video game movies. So Yeah. So we could maybe be we in are that there. Age. Yeah, we could be at that point now where Mortal Kombat's going to be fantastic. I wouldn't necessarily say Pokemon's like equatable to Iron Man in terms of like a good first outing for a for a video game franchise, but I I, I mean the way they set it up, I could see a whole world being built around that. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe maybe the same thing happens with this Mortal Kombat. I mean, maybe there's enough care and attention being put into it that. It could open up a whole like franchise and what have you. You grew up with Pokemon. I did not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I I saw Detective Pikachu. It mm-hmm. was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Like I knew the characters yeah. because I know you. You're my brother, and you like Pokemon. Um, I'm eager to see another movie taking place in the same universe as Detective Pikachu. I just want to see them still continue with that. Yeah, because they only utilize like a handful of the actual like. Eight hundred some odd plus Pokemon characters within that movie. I feel like you could. Act, we're at the point where you could actually do an, a, a full on Pokemon movie where we follow like one kid as he works his way from. His like, name is Red. Yeah, where he works his way from like just like starting with Pokemon to becoming like the world's like biggest champion ever, underdog yeah. type of story, and they could easily pull that off. So at this point, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we got Sonic 2 that's about to go into production, and we know who's being added to that one, because <laughs> we saw him at the end of the first one, and I am here for it. I am eager. Uh, guys, it's Tails. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen it already. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he looked fantastic. So. Yep. I honestly think that there's people are starting to become wiser in creating these video game movies. They're starting to realize, hey... Maybe if we actually spend maybe just a little bit more time and attention on these characters that people actually really love and hold dear to their hearts because video games are just as much of a legitimate uh, medium of storytelling as movies and TV and books and all of that, 
mm-hmm. if we actually put that time and attention to these characters, we could actually create good movies out of these. The hardest thing and the hardest translation, and I don't, I, a Mortal Kombat movie is going to suffer from this no matter what, because because Mortal Kombat's got a very thin storyline to it. It's a fighting game. Fighting games rarely have detailed storylines to them. Uh, it's that these games are meant this, their stories are meant to be experienced from a person playing a game viewpoint rather than just sitting and watching a story play out uh, which is typically why I think this media might actually work better in like a TV show format where you can spend more time stretching out the story that you might have seen in a video game so uh, well it remains to be seen on Mortal Kombat though yeah uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, hopefully by the time, because again, that one was like, uh, again, I, what I believe is the first movie of 2021 that's now being pushed back yeah, because of the pandemic. Um, I'm eager to see if, like, will that actually survive? Will it make it through? I'm still here. Keep talking. Yeah. He just needs to get up and stretch. So those of y'all watching right now, you see his chair. That was the bad chair that he used to sit and work at on a, at his desk, which is not good for his neck and back. So thanks to uh, people who have uh, dropped uh, donations in through like Streamlabs and Super Chat, he was able to get a chair. Like I know if, if y'all see us on other streams like Schmodown Replay, you see a gaming chair in which everyone wants a gaming chair, but that actually honestly gives the better support than this. <laughs> dopey looking chair over here. Yeah, I'm calling you a dopey looking chair. You dopey looking chair. Yeah. Go ahead. Come at me, chair. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't give a sit. <laughs> sit, sit, y'all. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so thank y'all for those those of y'all watching, those of y'all who've uh, helped contribute over the past couple of months that kind of, that really did help him out and he's able to do a lot more because he's in a chair that supports him better so thank y'all for that Ow. <laughs> still doing okay oh. oh that hurt yeah we just got through like a week of thanksgiving without uh his chiropractor being able to see him because the chiropractor took off for thanksgiving which is yeah, fine uh, out understandable for, out of town for a week <sighs> but yeah now now that you've gone back and seen the chiropractor you're like oh yeah, I'm still suffering the remnants of not having seen him for a week. Anyway. I'm not dopey looking the chair. <laughs> anyway, let's get to that uh, main topic so uh, yep. we can main topic roll now. on out of here. <laughs> uh, this one I actually, I honestly really did want to create a graphic for, and I might still just for funsies. It's a main topic that I can't add anything to. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so... We're going to dive right now into the realm I like to call, or the story, the realm of the Dinklage. I don't have a... The Dinklage. I guess, yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's not... Wow, wow, is very nice. I don't know. I, like, I feel like we needed to have, like, some kind of... You, oh, no, this should have been more like... The Dinklage. Excellent. If Peter Dinklage was in a Bill and Ted movie, that would have like easily heightened the Bill and Ted movie. I like Bill and Ted, but I mean, uh, yeah, Peter Dinklage is a fantastic actor. Uh, it was announced like yesterday uh, that he's going to be playing the Toxic Avenger, or actually, uh, like here, here's what I'll be honest. It looked like it said he's being cast 
in the Toxic Avenger. I haven't actually seen a single thing that confirmed that he's playing Toxie. But they're doing a reboot of the Toxic Avenger. Uh, Macon Blair is directing it. Uh, those of y'all familiar with Macon Blair, he's done like one direct directed thing. He does a lot of like underground like drama horror movies uh he was the lead guy in that movie uh murder party which was pretty good uh yeah we do have a graphic for it there you go so yeah the guy on the left is going to be playing the weird looking thing on the right <laughs> sounds good to me let's roll it so uh and then there was also the thumbnail for this for this video where i kind of like manipulated peter dinklage to kind of look like toxie a bit so uh, I, here's like I'm down for this. The thing is, is Peter Dinklage. Uh, okay, given the fact, I like I understand the Dink, the Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, given the fact that he is a a short person. Uh, That's one way of putting it. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm trying to be PC because there's like one term that you absolutely cannot say anymore. Um, <laughs> the M word. <laughs> there's like a thousand terms that you probably can't say to be honest. Uh. But a, a, I guess dwarf actor is the proper term. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he is of smaller stature than your average bear. But the thing is, is the roles that he plays are so huge. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm I'm not a, a so get, Itri. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You got Itri <laughs> from uh, the Avengers Endgame. Infinity War. Or Infinity War. And. Uh, he did. He was fantastic at that. I just love his line, like, Are "You sure you want to face on a star? It'll kill you. Only if I die. Yeah, that's what kill you means." I love that line, <laughs> absolutely, because that's how I feel like I interact with customers at work all day. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan either. But like the clips that I've seen of him as Tyrion. Like you could tell that he commands a certain presence when he's in that role. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, again, going back to he played uh, Bolivar Trask in X Men: Days of Future Past, and I'm sitting there like, but he's he, he like the size thing is like it, it's a little weird because Bolivar Trask is not uh like a dwarf or he's a, he's a he's a regular size human. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's some of those where I'm like, okay, this this weird cast. Guys, this whole segment is cringe. No, uh, but the point to it is, is it's my chair. It, you watch it and you see his performance. So it's not only just his performance in that role, which he gave a great one in Days of Future Past. It is also you realize that the casting of him as again a person of shorter stature in that role where he plays the guy that creates these massively tall sentinel robots fantastic mm -hmm. it was so good cassie and it's a it's a kind of like a subliminal thing that you don't realize when you first hear of his casting but then it's like a superiority thing yeah and i i love it I, and it was fantastic and my my first introduction to him was on nip tuck he he was a babysitter that ended up having a fling. Well, okay, everyone on that show ended up having a fling with somebody. Yeah, let's just be honest. But he was good on that show. I loved him on that show. And now it, it was announced that he's been casted in this Toxic Avenger, and I'm thinking, okay, so they're gonna have him play Toxie. This is this is gonna be weird. 
except uh, that that character could mostly be CGI. Uh, possible. And I'm wondering if that's the direction they're going to take with it. Now, again, I mentioned Macon Blair is the one, uh, I guess, writing and directing this. Uh, those of y'all not familiar with Toxic Avenger, this was pretty much like the flagship character that came from Troma Entertainment. Troma was a very low-budget, very, very grotesque type of movies. A lot of these movies uh, were made basically for the explicit reason of showcasing gore and nudity and just off-the-wall, obscene stuff. Shock value of the, the movie. Pretty much. Uh, and that was the idea with Toxic Avenger, is they wanted to create a superhero. Funny thing of that is... Toxic Avenger became so popular within Troma that they turned around. Not only did they make other like sequels to it, they also made a cartoon. There was a kid's cartoon, The Toxic Crusaders, in which they really downplayed it. They turned uh, Toxie from, like, what is he? He's brown, like in this. He's brown. They turned him to green. They made him a lovable superhero that had, like, a purple fur blob that floats around that he keeps as his pet. And then there was all these other like mutants that were his teammates to be superheroes like no zone and there was like a wolf one and stuff yeah um they made this for kids they took a trauma character and made it for kids that's crazy and the other thing with like so trauma of course is it is a very popular studio they've had a lot of good other movies like tromeo and juliet was james gunn's first real foray into movies into popular movies um and he's gone on from then to do guardians of the galaxy and whatnot yeah uh but trauma still exists and i'm wondering if trauma is going to have a hand in this toxic avenger remake and how much of a hand are they going to have because it doesn't sound like if you're going with someone like peter dinklage to be in this movie this isn't going to be the same kind of trauma movie that we've we're used to trauma producing yeah uh, and those movies get like offensive. You're not going to get that with like a, the caliber of actor of Peter Dinklage being in this movie. So they're going to make it probably a little bit more mainstream, more, uh, more palatable for a mainstream audience. I believe so. Somewhere between the originals and the cartoon for kids. I believe, I believe so. I believe they might still harken back to a, a, a couple of it where, like, say he would hit a guy with his mop and the guy's head would go flying type of thing. Like, it would, like the mop would cause instant decapitation for some weird reason. That's what all my mops do. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I don't Clean know. up aisle six. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go with this. Uh, probably assuming not. No. But I'm curious as to what they could do with it. So, uh, again, I'm not certain if Peter Dinklage is going to play Toxie, but I'm kind of here for it. And I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be like kind of like what I was saying. With him playing Bolivar Trask, there was definitely the created idea of the stature of him versus the stature of the Sentinels. Yeah. I wonder if they could possibly do something like that subliminally with uh, Toxic Avenger. Maybe. Now, not to say there's roles that he's played that have absolutely nothing to do with his stature at all. And he's been fantastic at it. As far as I can tell, like his, uh, uh, again, someone correct me, uh, Game of Thrones, I don't think like his stature has anything to do with Tyrion. Possibly. I'm not sure. Again, I don't watch that show, but <laughs> nice. 
Um, but I have seen a couple other things. It, it really didn't matter, and he's just been a good, solid actor. Mm-hmm. So, curious as to what he brings to this table for that. But yeah, that's the thing. He's a great actor, so anything he touches, he's probably going to do a really good job at. So, and of course, like I said, you don't have had. <laughs> I have no connection whatsoever to anything trauma. Yeah. So. I have nothing to add to the main segment tonight. Woo! This is the kind of great content we come to Cinefanatics for. Here's the thing. like, And that's what I was taking into account when deciding to make that like the main topic for this. Just because I feel like that is a major news. That That is major news to see that that casting. But... I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's just... It's not that popular, I would say. General public just not that familiar with Toxic Avenger or Trauma. So... Uh, I highly recommend Toxic Avenger. If that's probably like one of the easier trauma movies to get into as well, the rest of them, <sighs> the rest of them could get pretty rough. But I mean, Toxic Avenger is probably one of the easiest starting ones. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, that covers it for movie news tonight. We're gonna start wrapping things up here. If y'all had any other uh, questions or comments, drop them in the chat. Let's go with these. Otherwise, uh, yeah, you can find us here on this channel and at the places that aren't, aren't <laughs> underneath our names. Uh, I want to continue continue pushing for, uh, again, uh, we've got the whole thing coming up with uh, the Schmodown. Uh, we do have the Schmodown replay that is still going on as we uh, start heading into Spectacular. Um, as soon as we figure out how we're doing the replay with the Spectacular, uh, we'll nail out those details. Yeah. But uh, try to, we're going to try to do something for that. Um, anyway, Spectacular is coming up here in like uh, less than two weeks now. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I miss Spectacular last year was such so much fun. Yeah. Uh, the fan expo, everything, being able to meet everyone and hang out was great. Um, I'm really sad we're not going to get that this year. But uh, Regardless, uh, the Schmodown Spectacular sounds like it's super stacked. The competition, I feel like, is probably stronger this year than it was last year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing this year. Still, yeah. Uh, the next thing is, of course, uh, here the Cinefanatics. We are pushing for uh, something that uh, I would like to call it's hashtag. Tra- All right, yeah, that popped up last week. Where is Tom? Tom. He's been on this channel before. Tommy. Yeah. He's, he's been on this channel. So I believe, if, I, if I'm correct, this hashtag, this mysteriously popped up like two weeks ago, and I don't know where it came from. Uh, apparently, he's going to be over on Call to Action on Sunday. Oh. Doing the chill to action. So, yeah, go over to Call to Action's uh, YouTube channel on Sunday, uh, December 6th. He will be on chill to action. I am looking for it. We had him on the Schmodown replay at one point, and it was a fantastic interview. So, yeah, I mean, y'all yeah, check that out on our channel here, but also go over to Chill because they're gonna they're gonna do a deep dive on Tom here. It's gonna be fascinating, guys. And I am so super eager for that. Uh, he was a lot of fun to talk to on replay. I I can't wait to find out what the call to action guys are gonna get out of him over there. Yeah. So, um, 
anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, on the Schmodown, we do have this thing running right now where it's hashtag DraftCineFanatics. So make sure you drop that hashtag on Twitter and in chats where appropriate, where managers are talking about drafting. Just don't like go like raid like how ridiculous or some other YouTube channel that doesn't really matter. Like yeah. put put it in some place that makes sense. I feel like every time I bring this up, though, it's like a comp- it's like a goal to try to see like which random YouTube channel I could come up with and mention during these. Like, don't drop this over on Cinema Sins; they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've erased that replay episode from my memory and messed with my perception of time too much. Time. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, yeah, the call to action video is gonna be great. Um. As for the rest of this, yeah, normal sounds. Day job no longer. Day job no one. No day job no bother. Day job no bother. That's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna have to grab an image of uh, Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi, and every time I'm doing these like filler sounds or whatever, I'm just gonna quickly push the button on here that brings him up on the screen, and we could just start doing Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Yeah. What a name. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Those of y'all on the Patreon, thank you for joining us on the Patreon. Please, please hop on that if you haven't already. It's patreon.com slash cinefanax. The $1 tier uh, will get you Discord access the second we have the Discord up and running, which hopefully will be within the next day or two, I believe, is what I'm trying to shoot for. So I've got the time. Be, we'll be able to sit down and really focus on it. Yeah. Uh, so hop on that at least the $1 check out the other tiers once the discord goes live we'll have the other tiers public as well hop on those find the one that you feel comfortable with supporting us at because any support would be very much appreciated at this point yeah so thank y'all for watching thank y'all for being here tonight uh, next week we'll have the tagline again it's going to be a special episode I would say um, we'll tell you why next week Anyways, uh, make sure you follow us. We are at Twitter and Instagram. We are at Cinefanatics MLP. There's also Robert Adams MLP, Chris Adams MLP down there below his name. Don't feel like we have any questions. Let's check the Streamlabs. Nothing in the Streamlabs as well. That's going to do it for tonight, y'all. Uh, that's been a lot of movie news. It actually felt good having like some like solid movie news that stuff like, to talk about. Where like ninety percent of the movie news was not movies getting pushed back due to the pandemic or streaming. Like there was that in there, but you can't avoid that. Yeah. Uh, it was nice having actual solid movie news to talk about. I hope that continues. So, uh, make sure y'all come back for more of that. Uh, and let's continue the way this is going. Let's have like some more discussions on these. Uh, those of y'all in the chat, y'all have been great during this. And yeah. I think that's going to do it for this week. You good? Sounds good. Anyways, hit that music. That's going to be it for tonight, y'all. Thank y'all for watching the tagline. We will see y'all again next Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Time, right here on the Cinefanatic channel. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We will see y'all next week, and good night. Yeah.